Hello and welcome to the Maritime Podcast. In this episode, we are joined by Susanne Eustason, who is the Project Director for Human Sustainability at Global Maritime Forum. So welcome, uh, Suzanne. And throughout this conversation, we will be we're exploring the importance of diversity, equity and inclusion at sea, as well as taking a, a dive into the human sustainability programme that Suzanne and her team are championing. So Suzanne, it's a pleasure to, to welcome you to the podcast. Thank you so much. And thank you for having me here. So it's great. Do you want to tell us about the programme that you've um, established? Yes. So uh, the the human sustainability program within the the global maritime forum addresses the sort of the need of the of the S in the ESG. So how can we work together on making the maritime industry more human sustainable for everyone working within and across the 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 our our supply chains? So port workers, seafarers, and everyone working both onshore and offshore. What are the things that we can do together? And we sort of take pride in within the Global Maritime Forum to think of ourselves as a platform for collaboration amongst the most important players within the, the, the supply chains across sort of or within seaborne trade. That sounds interesting. Um, so when I looked at the uh, the information that you that I was given about the the program, it looked like I mean it says diversity, um, and that sort of suggests to me uh, different nationalities, different religions, maybe different cultures, but it really seems to focus on women. So, what do you mean by diversity? So, so maybe sort of uh, diversity to us is all the ways in which that we as human beings can be different. Uh, but of course, the focus on diversity for us is has has been paramount because of the lack, you might say, of gender diversity, especially at sea, where we see probably less than one percent. Uh, of the sea, sort of the global population of seafarers being women. So, so, um, uh, so that's why it's been a natural focus for us to see what on earth can we do to attract more women to the industry and retain those that have already opted to pursue a career in maritime. But when we talk about human sustainability, it, we frame it a bit broader than that. So, so one sort of um, important focus area is diversity, equity, and inclusion. But we also have another important area focused on safety and well-being, uh, notably at at sea, where we look at what can we do to improve overall safety, including also safety sort of against sexual misconduct, for instance. Um, and then we have a third pillar, you might say, that is focus on what can we do together as an industry to ensure that we can keep attracting new talent. So how do we make sure that that there is sort of future skills and talents available that is that is needed uh, for the industry? So we invest heavily in, in exploring what can be done to attract especially younger people to the industry, both at sea and on shore. So those are the three areas in which you can say that we define or take action when it comes to human sustainability. And the, the, the first pillar uh, on diversity, equity, and inclusion is definitely where we've been taking the most action so far. That's a, an interesting thing. I was having a, a conversation with the president or the former president of Worcester. I asked her, there's, there was a, a very famous case recently of a Maersk 
a woman who was assaulted. Um, you know, every, it was in the in the press. Um, how do you keep people safe, women safe, on ships? What do you do? What is the what is the uh, policy? And and I see you've got some pilot projects. Yes. So maybe if I sort of go back a little bit to explain what our sort of pilot, the pilot project that we're currently uh, launching, uh, focused on diversity at sea and notably sort of gender diversity at sea. So it all sort of began about a year ago where there was this sort of interest within uh, All Aboard Alliance, which is our initiative for companies interested in sort of more ambitious action on diversity, equity and inclusion. So we wanted to explore what can what can we do to find ways to uh, make a career at SEA both more attractive and inclusive towards women. So the first part of the project, which we call the discovery phase, we interviewed 115 women seafarers to identify what are the, the what we call them pain points, and what are the challenges that they identified uh, sort of from when, with being a woman at sea. Um, and, and these 15 pain points were then sort of discussed within this group of, of companies. And then we sort of worked together in, in, in a set of co-design workshops where we defined measures to address these pain points. And that, that's what we're now, these solutions we're now sort of piloting on board uh, a select number of vessels that have met the ambitious criteria for entering the pilot. Um, and we now have the first six vessels that are uh, piloting these measures and, and exactly finding ways to make life at sea safe for 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 women as well um and and one of the the measures that is being tested on board these uh sort of <laughs> courageous and ambitious uh pilot vessels is of course how can we prevent sexual misconduct and see and and especially how can we respond in in a constructive way when and if uh something occurs so that that that's um what, what, what do you hope to get? Um, what insights do you hope to, do you expect to, to get from these, from these pilot projects then? So, so first of all, we, we sort of, with the 11 companies involved, we're hoping to develop a set of, of guidelines towards exactly these pain points so that we can find ways of identifying what would sort of learning from the seafarers on board, because one of the requirements was that there had to be at least four women on board to each of the vessels. And it doesn't sound like a lot, but in an industry where less than 1% is women, this is this has been a struggle for many of the companies to make sure they had enough women on board. And from our side, as sort of from the data collection point of view, we needed enough women on board the vessels so we could actively learn what makes sort of what what are important issues for you as a as a female on board and how can we find ways to to address them so basically we are sort of I, trying to look at what are the things that are important and how sort of how can we improve the the quality of of life at sea for not just the women but for for everyone on board so the the the, the issues around um having four for women on board, that's kind of really interesting because that's exactly what Wister also said to me. I'm, I'm guessing that you're speaking to Wister as well, so that's probably the case, uh, the reason for it. Um, but what Wister was also saying was that they think that 
that the the um, culture uh, and the and the atmosphere on board will change if there are enough uh, women on board, and that that it will change people's behaviour. Is that what you think will will happen with these four women on board this pilot project? That's definitely one of the hypotheses that we're working from. So, so in essence, what, what we're doing is that we, throughout the pilot, we're pushing a question out to the seafarers one every day, addressing one particular topic. And, and because one of the challenges we sort of, we learned throughout was that social relations can be particularly challenging for everyone on board, but in particular for the women. Um, and, and so mint sort of part of the, some of the questions, of course, also focus on what, what changes over time, because the, we developed based on also the 15 pain points, we developed this set of 30 questions that we're pushing out and we'll repeat them every month. So we can also change how, uh, or track how things changes on board. And, and some of the vessels have actually close to 50% women. So we will be able to collect a lot of data as to how things change on board when you have more women. Um, and we've been conducting briefing calls with all of the vessels um, and, and just the excitement on board the vessels about sort of how, how this was different, how this is a different way of, of sort of, of experiencing life at sea when you suddenly have both genders being represented on board. That's what we know from our everyday life bike back home. But now certainly to experience that, we we saw the excitement, not just amongst the women, but definitely among the male crew members as well. I mean, I guess being at, at home, you see that kind of um, change, but but it's different, isn't it? Because you're not, you're, you're sort of in a, a cloistered um, shell at sea, there is no escape from your from your workmates uh, twenty four hours a day, really, for 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 a time. It, it is it, that's a huge difference, isn't it? So, what then do you what what then do you think will will actually be the case? Do you do you really believe that this this will show a big change in culture, or is it going to be? I don't know. Yeah, well, that's the thing. That's what we don't know yet, but that hopefully we will. So this pilot is not necessarily about defining exactly what to do, but it is also very much about learning. What can we learn from listening very closely to the experiences of the of, of, of the seafarers on board? So, so for instance, sort of some of the the requirements we had for that that all the vessels had to uh, abide by was I mentioned already. They need to have a minimum of four women on board. One of them being a senior officer, because from the interviews we learned that the culture change changes sort of mostly if you have a senior officer on board that is that 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 is non-male um and then another minimum requirement is that they have access to high quality wi-fi on board 24 7. of course because we want to uh, we sort of the aim was to be able to collect data through whatsapp so they needed to have access for us to be able to do that uh, but also because now that there are more women on board, there we need to sort of also have that they have sort of 24-7 access to an online independent helpline should something occur on board. Um, and Wi-Fi, of course, is a requirement for that. Um, a third minimum requirement was that PPE or personal protective equipment on board needed to be available in inclusive sizes. 
because that's another challenge that we're hearing from uh, a lot of women seafarers that the boiler suits do not fit, uh, the gloves do not fit, and even life vests do not fit. And as we were preparing for, we were initially thinking this was just sort of PPE that should be made available for the women joining. But during the coming, we learned that actually many of the male seafarers had the same experience that their PPE, if they were bigger or smaller than average, if, 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 if PPE is provided in small, medium and large, and, and it doesn't really fit your, um, then so, so it was also an opportunity to look into, do we need to change the, the, the PPE equipment on board? And they now all sort of had to, before November 1st, have that, readily available for everyone on board. And now we, we can then ask the seafarers, sort of, first of all, how important is it for you that the, that the PPE equipment fit? And secondly, how satisfied are you with the, the fit of the PPE equipment on board? And if they're then still not satisfied, we can then explore further. What does that sort of, what are the challenges? And then we learn a lot from that. If you're enjoying the Sea Trade Maritime podcast, make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing on the app of your choice. So, so one of the other um, issues that have, has come up in in the course of my work is that Worcester seem to think, and and I I can understand why that short sea shipping would be uh, more appropriate for women to begin with, uh, rather than the deep sea. Is that your experience? Is that your your view as well? So, so, so we at the moment the the vessels involved are mostly either tankers or bulk carriers and 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 and, and container vessels. So we don't have any uh, sort of doing really short sea shipping, and and it depends also on how you define it. But we can see sort of shorter ferry routes, etc. Sort of that they are better at attracting and retaining uh, women, of course, just like cruise ships are. Um, so I can see, but 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 I have been a bit surprised when looking into the statistic for, for tugboats, for instance, you would assume that they would then have a large or higher proportion of women, but they do not. Um, so so uh, I think we potentially could be better at, at, at thinking of that as, as, as an opportunity. And I know a company like Switzer is, is, is actively sort of promoting that as, as an opportunity. If you don't want to have these long service contracts where you're away from your family four to six to eight months uh, at a time, uh, working on a top boat could be an alternative solution. Short sea shipping then could be, uh, but, but it's not been taken up as yet. No, and and also I I mean I like the idea of of that as as an option, but I also want to insist in us as an industry finding ways to accommodate the needs of both genders, sort of even in 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 sort of uh, in deep sea, uh, so so that that I I can see why it should be considered more as as an option but i also applaud the companies sort of in our pilot that they really want to find a way to make the the life at sea uh, more attractive and inclusive for 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 both men and women it's an interesting prospect isn't it i mean the the shipping industry in fact virtually all the industries are are talking about staff shortages at the moment they can't find staff can't find labourers to, to to work in places. 
is getting women back into the workplace or into the workplace in the first place um, the answer to the shortages in the maritime sector? I think it's potentially one of the answers. Um, I think definitely uh, by being able to offer, uh, I mean, I'm fairly new to the maritime industry um, and and I wasn't really aware of all of the amazing opportunities uh, for someone like me in the maritime industry. And I think that goes for for a lot of people around the globe, both the opportunities on sort of at sea and the opportunities Unsure, um, and I think sort of this value proposition that we have as an industry is not known uh, globally, sort of very, very sort of outside of the industry, and and for certain, if we are better at at, at sort of understanding what what makes the sort of a career at sea more attractive what are the the things that that make it appealing and attractive to certain demographics for instance then it might be different what what makes for an attractive career if you're a young woman in the philippines that may differ if you're a a, a, a sort of a, a younger woman in in ukraine and and for us to really understand what makes it attractive we need to be sort of spent invest time in fully understanding what is the appeal what is the the value proposition right for women but also for men and for for anyone who might have an interest in pursuing a career um in in, in maritime well i guess um training and education are going to be one of the one of the values that that are available and that's going to be a big feature in the maritime industry no matter who you are but there has to be some form of education for existing crew um, and diversity training. And it sounds really woke, but I'm sorry if it does. But it's kind of an interesting prospect, isn't it? Um, do you have pro projects like uh, along those lines? So, as as sort of as an organisation or as Global Maritime Forum, we 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 don't sort of really provide training, but what we do focus on is sort of finding ways of exploring and learning together what what needs to happen uh, in order to to do better. Um, and so when it comes to, for instance, uh, learning about what what sort of how we can do better on on diversity, I think. Uh, the industry is unique in the way that we already have a lot of, of diversity. It's very rare to find a vessel where you only have one culture on board, for instance. Uh, but what so 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 of course we can do a lot with training, but I think we can do a lot more by facilitating important sort of conversations around learning. How can we learn together, both between companies but also on board vessels, right? Um, so so one of the, the the tracks in the pilot that we're looking at, for instance, around the difficulty of sexual misconduct at sea. Um, one of the things we're exploring is how can you facilitate a conversation in a multicultural environment on board where we all come from with different perceptions of what is okay, what is not okay. Um, and then some of the things that seafarers are incredibly good at in, in most settings and situations 
uh, safety procedures, right? That's a sort of part and partial. So one of the things we're exploring in the pilot, for instance, is if we have sort of, if we are fairly clear on what we tolerate and what we do not tolerate on board, could we then apply some of the ways in which sort of the non, the stop work authority uh, sort of as, as a safety precaution, if you witness someone who is saying or doing something that you know uh, is not something that we're supposed to do, you can apply some of the safety mechanisms instead maybe. So so instead of providing training, it's also about exploring what are the things that we already do well that we could apply also, and then maybe think of it more as psychological safety on board rather than it being about diversity or equity or inclusion. That is all we have time for in today's episode. But I really want to thank Suzanne for joining us. Um, you're also going to be speaking at the conference at Sea Trade Maritime Crew Connect Global, which will take place in Manila in the Philippines between the 21st and the 23rd of November. And finally, I want to thank you two for listening to this uh, episode of Maritime Podcast. And we look forward to welcoming you to another episode very soon. Thank you. Thank you.